Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and over-evaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect, just like Weatherman, but way more accurate. So if you like to pick games or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else, you are in the right place. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? This is the Sports Forecasters Podcast, as always, the fourth edition of it, and I am Nathan, just like last episode, and we have Nick with us as well, just like last episode. How are we doing today, Nick? Oh, just living the dream in the tropical paradise of Northwest Ohio, 40 degrees for the last three days. It's like shorts and sweatshirt weather. Yep, 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 getting out a few runs, just enjoying that tropical breeze. That's right. All right. Well, let's give the audience a little rundown of what we're going to be talking about today and forecasting in today's episode. All right. On tap for today, first we're going to hit Tiger Woods. Had an incident recently, so we want to forecast what are we seeing for his future possibly. Then we're going to dive into a few more NCAA men's conferences, the Pac-12, the Big East, and the MAC. Then we're going to finish up with a few NBA topics and That'll be the show for today. That sounds fantastic. So let's start with that first topic. Uh, Tiger Woods, obviously some very disheartening news, scary situation with his uh, accident in uh, Los Angeles a few days back. I guess, Nick, what's your what's your first take on that? And, and what, what was your reaction when you heard the news? My first reaction with that situation was you're just seeing the gradual fall of an icon of his sport in being golf in this case where it just seems like the last decade or so, Tiger just seems to be hitting this setback after setback after setback with quite a few of them not really being of his own, most of them through injuries. This car accident is just one of those setbacks where how much time is there left for him to capitalize on this? For me, Tiger's kind of been like what Mike Tyson was in the early 90s for boxing fans. Tiger for golf has been this big icon. He brought a lot of interest to it, a lot of flash and pizzazz especially early on in his career when he was winning majors maybe two or three of them a year and now it's slowed down especially after 2008 he had that one back in 2019 was his last major win it's been a screeching halt he was like on fire 2008 and then that first car accident some things happened there needed some surgeries some injuries And then when he won 2019, there was that little glimmer of hope. 2020 didn't start out tremendous for him. He was 37th, 38th in the first two tournaments he had, got cut, and then they opened, there was no tournament. And so as sports fans, no matter who you want to have the record, when someone gets close to a record, you're rooting or watching more or more engaged to see where they're going to be with that record. Like how close can they get to the sun, so to speak? And for Tiger, it's always been that conversation every time he's come back. Oh, will we get this back? Will we get this back? And it just seems like this is another big step backwards. What are your thoughts on it, Nathan? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously he's had quite an up and, up and down career, as you stated, and uh, you know, it's he's every time I hear him and listen to him and watch him, it's hard for me not to to root for him because I hear a lot of other people say how great of a human being he is, and I think when he's he's got his life straight. Anyone can be good, right? And I'm, I'm sure he's a great guy. And just knowing his struggles and what he's been through, it's just hard to see him go. Th- it's hard to see anyone go through that, you know. And then obviously, someone as iconic as Tiger Woods is it makes things a little bit harder there. But I just remember looking at the photos of the wreck, and it's just like I just got this deja vu moment of when looking at the photos of Kobe Bryant and, and all the people in that helicopter um, in that wreck. It's just like iconic athlete in that sport it just seemed like deja vu like is, is this happening again like same you know place in the, in the u.s as well you know it was in la and it's just so weird to see that and that that was kind of the first thing i thought it was like oh geez like is this happening again is this is 2020 really gonna hit us again here in 2021 uh, so it was just fortunately fortunately looks like he's recovering well and you know that's the first and foremost that he's safe and alive and healthy let's now move to his actual golf career and what his career is going to look like from here on out nick so what do you forecast or even expect from tiger at this point well i would have to understand the severity of these injuries and i mean i think he's doing a better job now of listening to his body before he puts himself back out there because i feel like around 2010 and 11 he was really trying to rush himself back and not giving himself that time to heal because probably that inner competitor in all of us where he just had that drive to get back out there and be great again but i feel like the last few years he's done a better job of listening to his body so i don't know that we'll without knowing the severity of these injuries i know he had to get some surgeries but it didn't sound like any of it was life-threatening which is very fortunate so it really the question comes down to will he be back this year is what i'm really trying to wrestle with right now and just based on the timing of it i could see him maybe coming back at the very end of the year again i think he listens more to his body more so than ever so i wouldn't be surprised if he took the rest of this year off to heal up get everything right before coming back into it and then the real next question comes how much longer are we going to see tiger woods being a competitive professional athlete major after major i know he slowed down quite a bit these last few years how often are we going to see that name is it going to be only majors is he going to hit here and there or is he going to be like i'm only hitting like these three or four events those are the things to really look at for it and for me i don't i really think he's really going to slim that schedule back even more if he's healthy just because he's trying to be that family man he's trying to be there for his kids and his family which is an important thing for me i think he'll get some professional wins but i don't know that i'm i don't i'm going to forecast and this is early on so it could change but i'm going to forecast in terms of majors i don't think in the next year or two i'm not seeing him winning a major right now he's obviously proved people wrong before he's risen from the ashes back in 2019 when he won the masters they kept hoping it but he came out of nowhere really and was on and everyone thought prime time again so for me my forecast would be maybe in the these next two years he gets one or two professional wins but I don't see any majors for these next two years for him, mostly because recovering for the rest of this year and then next year just getting his feet wet again. What are you thinking, Nathan? I mean, you're way more optimistic than me. I think he's done with golf, to be honest. 
the time this podcast recorded, we don't know too much of the severity. Um, I've heard he was somewhere between like a serious slash critical condition. Um, he had several surgeries on his legs, primarily his right leg. He broke a bunch of bones. Is He completely destroyed his ankle and primarily his right leg. And your right leg, when you golf, he's a righty. you got to plant that leg in, in that backswing. If you're... If you had several surgeries on that and you completely destroyed your leg and, you know, are, and then also taking into account of all the health issues he has, especially with his back and all the surgery he's gone through. And that's not due to any sort of traumatic accident. Like he has went through through this car accident. I don't see his body recovering and healing to be able to compete professionally in golf ever again. And Tiger's competitive and he's going to do everything in his power to get back to that point no matter how long it takes because that's who he is i'll be rooting for him but how fragile he seems to be the last 10 years with his body and his back i just don't see how being in this crazy car accident and having several surgeries on your legs is gonna make him potentially go out and continually compete against the best of the best in the world and win championships in golf personally i just i think he's gonna take a long long time to even get back to the point where he can swing a golf club. And when he's there, it's not going to be anywhere where he was before the accident. But he, he'll he try and he'll compete and he'll work hard, but he's old now and it's just a lot harder and his body's going to heal much slower along with the fact that he's already had all these back problems and, and health problems. I may, Maybe I'm just being a pessimistic here and, and a hater, but like I just I don't see him ever playing golf professionally ever again. I really don't. And that's where I'm at. So I'm not even talking about major wins or even professional wins. I'm just talking, is he going to be able to go out and play golf ever again? That's what I want to find out first. And hearing what I've heard so far, that I think that's still up in the air. So that's that's my take. That's I that's my forecast. I think it's uh, too, too early to tell, but I'll be surprised if I see him play professionally ever again. Yeah, and like you said, hopefully we do get to see him play again, but... Time will tell really how these injuries heal, how his recovery is. That that will be the big thing. Can he overcome those items? So hoping for speed recoveries. It's always said golf is more interesting with him in there. And for us, ever since we've really been into sports, Tiger's been there. He's been a headline. He's been that marquee, even though he may not always have the best outings. He's always been a name that major outlets talk about and attract eyeballs to the television to see how is he going to do hopefully he can have a comeback and see what happens but like you said time will tell let's go ahead and move on to the next part we're going to look at men's basketball again we're going to look at a few other conferences seeing if we can forecast how these conference tournaments are going to go we're not going to talk about how the regular season is going to end for these teams but how where do we see these conference tournaments going so nathan what conference are we going to start off with? We are going to start off with the MAC, probably the the most local conference that we have here to our Northwest Ohio fellow friends and, and relatives per se. Let's start with the MAC and Nick. We've got a few teams here that I think that could make some noise, not only in their conference tournament, but maybe potentially NCAA tournament. Who do you got winning the MAC tournament? Like Nathan said, this is for backyard tournament for us based on where we live because of Akron, Kent State, Bowling Green, Ohio University all being in our state. Obviously, Ohio State kind of takes marquee for the state we live in. But in the MAC this year, we have top eight teams that make it to the tournament. So that's a little different than some of the other tournaments we've talked about up to this point. With it being the top eight in the MAC, I, 
I like that dynamic, honestly, like not having everyone get in. I understand why teams do it because it rewards you for being the better team throughout the season and the teams that are lower seed have to work their way up. Anyways, with the Mac being the top eight teams, really the two teams I'm really honing in on and looking at that make some big noise, honestly, being in the Mac, they have to do this. They give themselves a shot to make the March Madness tournament only because of them being in the Mac would be Toledo and Akron. I'm these two teams have been looking pretty good throughout the season. I know Toledo has went against a few Big Ten teams and tried to give their best shot at it. Akron and Toledo, I'm seeing to make it to the final. Now, I know that's not too big of a jump since they're first and second right now in their standings. They've been battling it out right now. Toledo has the advantage over Akron, beating them earlier in the season. For both of them to get in or have a shot to get in, I guess no guarantee to get in except winning it. Toledo and Akron, I'm seeing there at the end. And I'm going to give the nod to the team that's only an hour away from me, Toledo. How about you, Nathan? Yes, solid guess. You know, surprisingly, I uh, I feel like I know a little bit about the MAC, even though it's a small conference, because I got to hear my younger brother brag about how great Toledo is. I mean, he's already predicting them to go to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. So we'll see if that if that actually happens. So I've had this uh, interest in the Mac and specifically Toledo for that reason. Uh, typically, he's a very pessimistic fan when it comes to his team. So the fact that he has some sort of optimism toward uh, one of his teams, I, I thought maybe he's this could be quite some serious business here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question here. I think Toledo is going to win this tournament. These are words from my brother um, because he's watched them like literally every game. But I guess they're a very balanced, solid team. Got a good post presence, specifically with the rebounding. And they move the ball well, and they can hit the three. How the game's played today, those are the three ingredients that you need to be successful. So I see this team winning this conference and making the NCAA tournament. And maybe they'll make some noise. And I think there's a chance that they make some noise because I think this is the year for a mid-major or a non-basketball Power 5 school to win the championship because all of the Blue Bloods are down this year because of uh, what we talked about with last episode, just the freshman class, they get all the great freshmen, but with COVID and everything, kind of just they didn't get the preparation that they needed to make that transition, so they're just not as good. So this is a year where I think a mid-major could win it, where they have a bunch of juniors and seniors, and Toledo definitely fits that mold. I see them knowing the uh, NCAA tournament and playing in the MAC. You basically have to win your tournament to make the, the big tournament. So that's what makes these smaller conference tournaments even more fun because I think it's a little bit more competitive because they know they have to win this tournament to make the big dance. So... I think Toledo knows that and they know how good they are. So I think they, they play with a chip. They play with some some motivation, knowing the bigger picture in mind. And I think they run away with a Mac. Let's jump now to the Pac-12 Power 5 Conference we didn't get to last episode. We got a few teams up top here, but maybe not as strong as they used to be in the past. Give us your take here what you think is going to happen, Nick, in the Pac-12. Well, like you said, one of the Power 5s we didn't get to with the Pac-12. Over the conference history, we've had the first seed win it eight times second seed five times and then once you start going down just like the other conferences you start seeing the numbers dwindle what we have going on here is we have usc they're first seed right now then we have ucla oregon colorado stanford and arizona rounding out the top six of that conference all 12 teams get to compete in this so a similar format to the teams we talked about last podcast in the big 10 and acc and so on to where your lower seeds have to play each other to work their way up while the higher seeds 
are waiting in the wings for them to make their way up. Here is a conference that just battles back and forth. There's just a lot of, not turnover per se, but every team has a puncher shot in trying to supersede the other, especially in a one-game situation, where in the NBA, you can, you can win a game, but you have to win a series. Here in this tournament, this tournament feels like one of those tournaments, not necessarily like the Big Ten where it's top-heavy talent-wise, but I feel like it's balanced amongst each other where even though USC currently is ranked and the others are not, they don't feel like head, head and shoulders over the rest of them. I feel like them, US, UCLA, Oregon, Colorado, they really just have a good mix. And Arizona, I mean, they're kind of that team that can just if they get hot enough, they can really make some noise. They can have some upsets going. And that's kind of been something that Arizona's had a theme to, um, not necessarily the last few years, but previous years where no one was really looking at them as a contender. So for me, it's a lot of back and forth, a lot of turmoil that could happen. And it's hard to know who's going to get hot for that tournament and who isn't. But if I was going to forecast based on what I'm looking at right now, today, I'm feeling like. USC is looking good and they look like they could win it, but I'm going to go with UCLA. Just nothing that I have like that I can point to and say, this is why. It's just, I don't feel like it's going to be the one C that's going to win this one. So I'm going to go with UCLA winning it for this Pac 12 conference tournament. How about you, Nathan? This is a hard one because Pac 12 games are always at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and. I'm in bed. You got a little. You got a little one at home. You're in bed by nine, so it's uh, it's difficult to digest this conference as much uh, when you don't get to watch as many other games. But there's not a bad pick here. I think the the Pac-12 is just down this year. You know, you typically Arizona's in the top ten, top twenty. They're not even in the top of their own conference, let alone the top twenty-five in the nation. So I'm just going to stick with uh, USC here. I think it's uh, the safest bet with this COVID season and everything. I think they're the best team in this conference, even though I think UCLA is a very close second. I think they're both good teams, but I'm going to give the edge to, to USC and they've already beat UCLA. So I don't, I don't see them losing again uh, to them. I think they've proved they're the best team in this conference and they'll win the tournament. So let's jump finally to one of the, bigger basketball conferences but not considered a power five the big east which typically has some pretty pretty good basketball teams in there with the villanovas and the creightons of the world so nick give us your take on the big east and who's going to win that tournament being a teenager in the late 90s early 2000s like big east felt like the creme de la creme for a very long time i mean in terms of basketball they were like the conference i really enjoyed watching as a kid uh, their tournaments were always entertaining and just had a good time with them. And over the years, people have moved conferences for more so football reasons than basketball reasons, but change happens. So we're looking at the Big East now and still a very good conference, not as deep as it once was, but a conference that still has a lot of things you can enjoy about it. And so for me, I'm really hoping I can see Nova and Creighton go against each other for the tournament finals, but those are the two teams I'm really hoping to see make a good run in their conference tournament. If not, I don't see these two being overlooked for the NCAA tournament, so not that they'll meet up again, but these two teams are very interesting. Nova is a team that just has a soft place in my heart, not only because they're located near my favorite football team being the Philadelphia Eagles, but the fact they were that little engine that could a few years back when they were competing for a national championship, 
So I feel like right now Nova is the team to beat. Even though they lost to Creighton earlier, I just think they'll avenge that loss. And they're just a well-coached team, well put together. It's hard for you to beat them more than once. So I feel like that's going to be the team to come out in the Big East, Villanova. How about you, Nathan? Definitely hard to beat a team more than once. I do agree with that. But I just, I did think from the previous uh, conference, I thought USC is going to be UCLA twice, even though it can be difficult. Big East, this is, I, I, it is between Nova and Creighton. I don't think that anyone else is going to challenge those two teams. They've kind of risen above the rest. But I never trust Nova, and not just this year in general. I know they won the championship that one year, but there's many times they get to that, any sort of tournament. They're the Virginia to me. And Virginia's won a championship too. But outside of that championship, they always lose in tournaments early. And I feel like Villanova is a, is a carbon copy of Virginia. And it's just a culture that's there. I see it in the players. I've seen the coaches. When there's adversity, when it gets down to crunch time and clutch time, I see this sense of fear in those teams. When I watch Creighton, I see a little bit more confidence. And I see a little bit more grit to them. I'm actually picking Creighton to win this conference. Villanova may win the regular season, just like Virginia will win the regular season ACC conference, but I don't pick them to win the tournament. Villanova is the same way. I feel like when it's tournament time, they're just not the same team. Creighton winning the Big East tournament as a two seed. Very nice. I don't feel like there's a wrong choice with either of those. So just to recap for the MAC, we both said Toledo. And then for Pac-12, Nathan went with USC. I went with UCLA. We both feel like that conference is really a toss-up just because how close they are. And like Nathan mentioned, they seem a bit down this year compared to previous years. And then Big East, I went with Villanova and Nathan went with Creighton. I'm actually really excited to now watch these conference tournaments that we got. We've disagreed on a couple of these. So we'll have to let the audience know who, who ends up on top here with their predictions. Yeah, we'll obviously post it on our social media and then We'll recap them right before the tournament start because we'll have one more episode before they all start. And then the next episode will be in the middle of it all. So that'll be interesting to have our takes on what we've seen so far with the lower seed teams, seeing who looks like they might have a shot, who might not. Now let's move on to our final topic of the night. We're going to move on to some NBA topics. Nathan, you had one topic you brought up to me that you want to put a bug in everyone's ear about. What topic did you want to touch on tonight with the NBA? There's just something interesting that came out this week about changing the NBA logo, Kyrie had said, and I just thought it would be kind of neat to, if the logo would change, who would it be and when would it happen? If we want to briefly touch on that, if the logo would change, who would it be and when would it happen? I'm always one for nostalgia, so for me, the logo is very iconic of what it is. If basketball was going to change theirs, I feel like it needs to be during an anniversary. Whenever their next big anniversary is, maybe look at doing it then. Jerry West has went on record saying not only been Kyrie's defense of saying, yeah, I think we should change the logo. He said that on a number of occasions. He threw his hat in saying Michael Jordan. Being a kid of the 90s, I would tend to go that way. It depends when you're going to change it. If you're going to change it here in the next five years or so, Michael Jordan would be a suitable choice in my opinion. But you want NBA is a league that always goes to young fans. So Kyrie's option of saying Kobe Bryant was not a bad suggestion. I guess for me, I would like to see Michael Jordan. But if they're going to wait another 10 years or so, it might be LeBron James because he's probably the most recognizable right now for your fan base that's getting into their late 20s, early 30s. So really it comes down to when do you think you're going to change this logo? And if you're going to do it now, next year, the year after, I would say Michael Jordan because of how iconic he was for his era at that time. Not to say Kobe hasn't been. I just feel like Michael Jordan... That would be the next one up for me after Jerry West, personally. 
Who do you think, Nathan? Yeah, you you bring up a lot of great points. I feel like how how much timing would influence this. This is my opinion. Everyone wants the Michael Jordan jump man, but I think that won't happen. And this is why. I think there's going to be it's going to be really difficult because the Michael Jumpman Jordan Air Jordan logo is an established brand in sneakers and, and, and sportswear. And and they sponsor certain athletes and it's becoming more and more popular and they're on NFL jerseys, right? It's it's becoming it's a brand. And I feel like there's going to be issues in having an, an, an NBA organization have a logo that you know infringes on a trademark logo of a, of a brand that already exists. Right. So this is more of a business standpoint that I just don't think it can happen because Michael Jordan's brand's way too far along and establishing its own logo and brand that the NBA was not going to be able to use it as their logo. So I think that's the reason why Michael Jordan's not going to have it. I honestly think the best thing is that Kobe Bryant logo that Kyrie had suggested. And maybe this is just the soft spot in me, but I feel like everything needs a good story and just with. Kobe's tragedy and how much he he's brought to the game and, and how much he helped women's sports in the WNBA and everything and the impact that he had, you know, if they change it here within the next couple of years, I think he's the one you change it to because it's a memory of him, you know, it's just like of how much he's brought to the game, especially women's sports and how much we're trying to help and support women's sports, at least on a professional level. And I just think the timing is good with that and because of what had happened in the tragedy that he went through it's just a good way to remember him and so i think that's your short term by far the best solution but long term i think you're right i think lebron is probably gonna gradually take over as maybe the next logo long term if they continue to wait long enough to establish it so yeah i think you nail on the head timing is everything here and I just don't think the Jumpman logo is going to do it just because of the, the issue with infringing a, on a trademark there. Um, but so I think short term Kobe Bryant is the perfect, the perfect option. With that being said, unless you have another uh, remark, we do want to make one more prediction. What's the last topic you wanted to hit on, Nathan? Yeah, so we'll make a disclaimer here because potentially this may happen after the fact, but just... In the NBA, there's a, a big man, Boogie Cousins, that was released by the Rockets. And he has, beginning at 5 p.m. on Thursday, which is after this recording has been made, but before you're listening to it, he can sign with 28 or 27 teams. Obviously not the Rockets. And then he can't sign with the Bucks or the Clippers because of uh, cap space, hard cap restrictions. We're going to go on a limb here. And if he's already signed, you're going to find out if we were right or wrong. But if he's not signed, we're going to give you our forecast of where we think he will sign for an NBA team here. So, Nick, what what do you what, who do you think he's going to go to? Where do you think his destination will be for the remainder of this season? DeMarcus Cousins has been an interesting case ever since he's left Sacramento. He's just kind of been this journeyman. As talented as he is, he's just been on contending teams. And unfortunately, injuries have derailed a lot of the momentum he builds up or what he looks like he could be promising for those teams. And I I really feel like, I mean, this feels like the duh answer, but 
he's going to be on a contending team. Now, he wants a championship badly. He wants to be a part of that reason why that team wins that championship. Looking at the current standing, you're looking at on the west side, you have the Jazz, the Lakers, the Suns, the Spurs. Clippers are in that mix, but like Nathan said, they're not in the mix to be able to sign them just because of restrictions. So looking at them, like what team is really going to look, what team is willing to change their chemistry? And only one of those four teams really feel like they would take that risk because they have the personality on their roster to keep things in check. Not that DeMarcus has always came across as a problem in recent years. He seems like he's the good soldier, or at least that's what we hear on the outside. And so out of those four teams, I don't think Jazz, Suns, or Spurs are going to ruin what they have. They have young talent. They have they don't have that person with that big personality. Yeah, the Suns have Chris Paul, so I guess that could be an outside shot. But for the West, I see the Lakers having the, the best shot out of those top five teams because, like I said, it's going to be a contender that's going to go for it. And I'm looking more at the top five because those are the teams that are really trying to put themselves in the best position to give themselves the best chance to have that championship. So that's the West. That That's my favorite in the West are the Lakers. On the east side, again, Bucks are kind of out of this. So you have 76ers, Nets, Pacers, Raptors, Celtics. The team I think needs to do it in the east would be the Celtics. They really need something to invigorate them. But Steven's system doesn't really take on that many stars, typically speaking. Like they'll sign him in the offseason, but they don't really bring him in in the middle of the season, typically speaking. On the east side, if I had to pick someone, I don't really feel strong about saying this, but I could see... Maybe the Nets because they're trying to go all in, but I don't feel strong about that. So when I boil it down based on those two, Lakers, Nets, and the Dark Horse being the Suns, I feel like the Lakers are going to be that team to do it just because of something we talked about with the Lakers just wanting that insurance policy. Yeah, they won it last year, but they're about, they want to have that roster depth when it comes down the stretch in case something would happen. Who do you think, Nathan? A lot of great points. Uh, the, I think it's down to two teams. I mean, you're right. It's going to be a contender. And so I look at those in contention and who needs him. And who needs him is the Lakers. Seeing how Anthony Davis has been, been getting hurt here lately. And this, they seem to be struggling with that big man presence as a result. And so I, I see them picking him up as maybe as an insurance because they lost so many big men last year. Now, Anthony Davis is like the only really good big man they have left. And he's hurt now. So they need that insurance. But I don't think he goes there. Because I, f I truly feel people sign players to stop them from going to other teams. And so I think another contender who maybe don't need him, but wants to prevent him from going somewhere may have interest in signing him. And that is the Brooklyn Nets. I think he ends up going to the Nets because I know Boogie's going to want to go to a contender and he's only going to sign with a contender. He's at the point of the career that all he wants is a ring or get as many rings as he can get. And so right now, obviously Lakers and Nets seem to be the most obvious choices. You know, you would say Clippers and Bucks, but they can't sign him. So Lakers and Nets, and so I'm sure both of them are high on, the, on this list, but he's already been to the Lakers. Does he want to go back there if they've already let him go? 
I mean, potentially. I mean, I bet they're going to be have interested in. But if I'm Boogie and the Nets are offering me a job and I see how awesome they are and how they have three really great players and how much they're dominating. And I've already prayed for the Lakers and they seem to be trending the wrong way. And I think the Nets are going to sign him because they don't want him to go to the Lakers. Long story short, he's signing with the Brooklyn Nets. Mainly because the Brooklyn Nets don't want to see him go in the Lakers because they feel like they're going to face them in the finals. So they want to prevent him from going there. They'll bring him on. They'll find a way to blame him some way, somehow, even though they don't really need him. But he's going to sign with the Nets. That's my take. Full disclosure, I kind of hope that happens because I'm I'm one that likes parody in leagues. So if you're a champion the last season, unless you're the team I'm rooting for, I'm pretty well like hoping someone else can take that mantle. So hopefully the Nets do. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, it'll be interesting to say, like Nathan said off the top, uh, we're at the time we're recording this, he has not hit the market yet. So there's no indication of where he's going, but lots of teams that are interested. And yeah, well, it's always interesting when a big name gets released or gets traded. It always adds a new dynamic and changes things up. So yeah, we both think it's a contender. Um, yeah, I had it down to Nets and Lakers. I just kind of went with Lakers because I... LeBron seems to be the businessman that gets things done sometimes. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. All right. So any final words, Nathan, before we sign off tonight? No, just uh, the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the NBA Finals. Calling it right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my – I'm forecasting that way out, but <laughs> they're all, it's over. They're going to win it. I mean, first-year head coaches in the NBA, it's the trend. First-year head coaches win the NBA Finals, so they're going to win it. Uh, I, I will reserve my pick till later. I like to see the water settle a little bit, especially at That's waiting. probably smart. <laughs> In case some major trade happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, this changes everything. Or hopefully not, but an injury occurs. So that will wrap it up for us tonight. This has been Nathan Singer. I'm Nick Alvarez. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to share this podcast. Check us out on our Facebook page, The Sports Analyst. And we'll see you next time.